0: Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview at the War Memorial Opera House. My name is Claire Sheridan. I'm the founder of the LEAP program at St. Mary's College of California, and I'm your host here today for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. It's uh, January 24th, 2010, and this is Program One. I do want to announce that some of these Meet the Artist interviews will be available as podcasts on our website at sfballet.org. My guest this afternoon is a dancer with the San Francisco Ballet. He joined the corps in 2004 and was promoted to soloist in 2008. His repertoire is uh, incredibly diverse. It includes featured roles in *The Sleeping Beauty*, *Swan Lake*, and *Sylvia*, and lead roles in *Ibsen's House*, *Double Evil*, *Eden Eden*, *Fusion*, and *West Side Story Suite*, among many others. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Garen Scribner. Thank you, Claire. I have some uh, questions about the particular ballet we'll be seeing this afternoon, uh, but first let's talk about you. And I did my homework and I asked several of uh, the dancers to give some adjectives to describe you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, here's what I got kind, empathetic, incredibly driven, proactive and forthright, perceptive, eager to learn, funny, intelligent. And I like this one. Somebody wrote this to me, give me an email. He has a rare balance of qualities that make him an effective leader and a team player. And, folks, I'd like to add, uh, personally, that this guy can really dance. (laughs) So can you tell us, once you stop blushing, um, what got you started on the path to becoming a dancer?
1: Well, I started as a figure skater, actually. Um, My... My family would go to uh, do figure skating on, on uh, Friday nights. My my dad and my brother put on hockey skates. My mom and I put on figure skates. And uh, it was just a fun family outing, and then I decided I wanted to do it. So I started taking lessons, and I, I then got into getting up at 5 in the morning before school, getting out of school early and doing that. Um, I was 7 years old. <laughs> I was uh, knee-high to a grasshopper. And... Um, one of the uh, ballet masters for uh, Washington Ballet was at the, the rink, and he saw me and told my mom I would be perfect for ballet and that they needed boys for the Nutcracker. So I went in and did an audition, and next thing I know I was Fritz in Washington Ballet's Nutcracker. I'd never taken a dance class in my life. And uh, it was, uh, that was my start.
0: In your subsequent training, did you have a mentor, somebody that really made you decide to become a professional dancer?
1: Yeah, one the one in particular, her name was Judy Calgaro and she danced with Ben Stevenson in uh, the National Ballet, which was in D.C. And uh, she also taught my older brother, who's four years older than I. And uh, she tried to get me... I, I stopped after doing uh, the Washington Ballet's uh, performances. I, I stopped and went back to just doing sports, and I quit figure skating, and I did as many things as possible. I tried everything. Um, and then... I, uh, I got back into ballet. Uh, my brother danced all the way through high school. And his teacher, Judy, kept saying, you got to come in, you got to come in, we gotta, we got to work you. And um, I said, no, no, thank you. And I, I went to a performance of The Sleeping Beauty. Uh, my brother was the prince, it was his senior year. And I watched his uh, variation and I said, I, I think I can do that and I think I can do it better. <laughs> so, so then I, tried to, I, I gave it a shot. I started with jazz and then I went to ballet.
0: Well, um, you're an extraordinary athlete, and the folks, uh, uh, the, the San Francisco ballet dancers are, are incredibly versatile. And one question that's in my mind is when you see the dancers today with their six o'clock extensions and they do 95 pirouettes and it's lightning speed, and, and you are an incredibly um, powerful dancer, but also uh, flexible, dramatic, can dancers get any better physically?
1: Well, thank you, Claire, <laughs> firstly. Um, that's sweet. Can they get better? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you ask any dancer, the answer, they're going to tell you that they were not on and they were sick and they had food poisoning and they're exhausted and they have a hundred million things going on and that they didn't do it right because we're perfectionists. And that's just the nature of, of how we work. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one of the sensibilities that, that comes with being a great artist is, is knowing that you can always do better. So um, in, term, that, in terms of personally and, and currently, that I think people always think they can do better, and they f- for sure can. Um, in the future, like, in terms of human beings like evolving, you mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you look at photos uh, in dance history, you'll, you'll see there's a large difference um, in how the dancers actually look physically. Um, and in the, uh, physicality of the movement has changed. I think it's gotten a lot. The training has developed and, um, yeah, dancers are going to be doing more pirouettes, jumping higher, um, and pushing, uh, physicality way more in the future. I think, I hope.
0: How do you like to fill your time when you're not dancing?
1: Well, Claire, I, (laughs) I go to college. And um, Claire is the founder of the LEAP program at St. Mary's College, and so I have been in that program for uh, six years now, five years now. And um, so I'm hoping to graduate next year. I'm currently a senior. So I spend um, a lot of time doing that, and I'm usually taking one to two courses at a time, and... uh, that's how I spend but my what time. What courses
0: are you taking now? He's taking some independent study courses, which I find very interesting. And one of them tied into your trip to China.
1: Yeah, I'm taking a, a Chinese anthropology course at the moment and um, working with an amazing professor who teaches uh, graduate anthropology courses at St. Mary's. And um, I'm taking that. I'm beginning a gender studies course this spring, and I just finished a management course.
0: Can you um, share some of your impressions about the company's tour to China?
1: Sure. It was a culturally enlightening experience. Uh, what a beautiful country and uh, such generous people, um, delicious food, uh, and uh, really well-received performances. We had an incredibly uh, triumphant uh, run there, I think. Um, Yuan Yuan uh, sort of led us <laughs> back to her home and... Uh, did a beautiful job with Swan Lake, and everybody worked so hard for it. Um, I felt like we all worked together as a team really well, and um, it was a little bit scary going, going there, and uh, you know things were very different. Um, it wasn't quite what we're used to when we go to Paris and London. So, But um, it, was, it was a really beautiful experience. It was awesome. I think everybody had a great time.
0: If you're just joining us, I am in conversation with Garen Scribner, and in a short while we'll be able to take some questions from the audience if you want to formulate those questions in your head. Um, so let's talk about Swan Lake. What role do you play in this production?
1: I play, uh, I play an aristocrat in the first act, and I, play, uh, I do the Russian divertissement in the third act.
0: And what other roles will you be dancing this season so we can keep an eye out for you?
1: I'm doing... Um uh, I'm dancing all the premieres, uh, the Zanella premiere, Yuri Posakov's premiere, uh, Chris Wilden's premiere, which is coming up, um, and doing a couple parts in each of those, so be rotating out. Um, dancing uh, Paris and Romeo and Juliet in Mermaid, I'm dancing uh, uh, A Shadow, which is, um, this production is beautiful, it's going to be remarkable, so... I recommend everybody see that. You're and talking
0: about John Neumeyer coming John Neumeier, to
1: John Neumeyer, yeah. Um, oh, coming to work with us? Yeah. Yeah, John Neumeyer came and worked with us for about three weeks, him and his team, and it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, Neumeyer is a true artist and uh, innovator. He, I was telling Claire before this, he, he literally sat on the edge of his seat just like this the whole time watching us work. I mean, he wasn't even sitting. He was just hovering above. <laughs> he was so involved with the drama. Um, he... He really coached um, the mermaid, which the mermaid part is an incredibly dramatic and fulfilling role. Um, and it takes you on a journey of, of struggle, emotional strife, and, and comedy. And it's just wonderful. But uh, yeah, working with him was, was great. Uh, and I'm also dancing the Sea Witch in that, in that production. So looking forward to that.
0: You know, when you, when you ask Joe Schmoll on the street to, to name a classical ballet, that, that person will often say Swan Lake. And um, just out of curiosity, how many people here have seen a production of Swan Lake, not necessarily ooh, uh, yeah, so my so my question to you, uh, Garen, is why do you think this ballet is so popular? Why do you think it 's endured for more than a hundred years
1: well, um, I think it it shares the mark of a of a of a piece of let 's see it started off not well the piece was not well received just sort of like *Rite of spring and many other pieces um the the critics thought it was bad and um i think i think the number one piece uh, the number one part of this story being uh this ballet being uh so wonderful is the music it's one of tchaikovsky's masterpieces it is just a beautiful soaring score that just takes your heart away um So I think that's the number one thing. The dancing is is classical ballet in its most purest form. Um, It gives, it's technically, it's one of the most technically demanding parts for uh, a woman and the prince as well. Uh, It's incredibly difficult to dance, uh, emotionally challenging, and um, it's a story that everyone can relate to.
0: Yes, it can. You know, it's it's kind of the, when I think about it, I cry every time. No matter how many times I've seen Swan Lake, I'm always crying. Um, it, it's kind of a looks at the sorrow of messing up, of making a mistake, and finding out that the consequences not only hurt you but somebody else. You know, we've all been there—that sinking yeah. feeling—and so it's a tragedy, and it, it touches everyone's heart. I think. Um, the production of Swan Lake that we'll be seeing today was premiered last year, and you danced in it mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Um, in general, how does it feel to come back to a ballet one year later, not just Swan Lake, but any ballet, after right. you had a year to think about it?
1: Um, I think that the second time around, third time around, the the movement is in your body already. And um, so you sort of have that out of the way, and you can move on to adding layers and... Uh, Levels of depth that weren't there before when you were concentrating on the steps and uh, the placement of other people on the stage. We've got pl- tons of people up there, beautiful sets and scenery, but everything's flying in and out. You have to be very careful. So people are more used to those things, those elements, and um, I think try and delve deeper into their roles and um, find purpose, repurpose themselves.
0: Um- In this afternoon's ballet, what would you like for us, the audience, to look for and notice? Is there a particularly magical or dramatic moment that you you get excited for people to see?
1: Well, um, today, if you're seeing the performance you're in for uh, a treat, you're going to see Yuan Yuan Tan perform. And uh, Yuan Yuan is the epitome of a swan. I mean, she is um, one of the most graceful people I've ever seen. And I was telling Claire before, she... She explores the space. I mean, to, to be a swan, you have to pretend that you have wings. So the way that she uses her portabra uh, in this area behind it, if people in the podcast can't see this, but I'm putting my arms as far behind me as I possibly can, and um, she explores this negative space, which sort of back here, which is pretty hard to do. <laughs> We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to go there. Um, so the way that she um, can express herself through her movement um, is pretty unbelievable. I would say, to when you're watching the performance, something to watch for um, in the story would be the vulnerability in Odette and also the duality in Odette because she's dancing two roles. Um, oh, also in the original production, I don't think they danced both roles. Or it's sort of legendary. There's this like a myth about that.
0: Correct. There used to be, actually, um, way, way back, there was... Um the, the, the Odile role wore a red tutu, so it was kind of red and white. wasn't black and white, so I, I heard. And two different ballerinas danced the role right, originally. I think
1: there was some, some political drama involved with who I, danced. I'm sure there was. You should probably know this. Claire taught my dance history class two years ago. so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the vulnerability and the, the uh, just integrity of Odette, in, it's, it's remarkable to watch. It's really unbelievable.
0: Swan Lake's a full-length story ballet, and do you think that the world of ballet in the future will produce more full-length narrative works?
1: I hope so. I really hope so. Um, I think that's what people want to see. People want to see stories, um, and they need a narrative to help them understand and relate to uh, what they're seeing. Um, I hope that in the future more full-lengths are made with original music and and new stories, not, not um, just retellings, which are also beautiful, but... But um, there's so many novelists out there and writers who are creating new stories every day, um, that some of them should be put on the stage and and, and presented through this art form. Um, so I would love to see that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Kind of an issue of, of funds and money. I mean, it
1: is. Yeah, it'd have to be an initiative from from the ground up to start looking for that. So hopefully, in the future, uh, we can do more of that.
0: And uh, what's it like backstage right now as we speak? What are the dancers doing at one? 25.
1: Um Well, 125. Uh, people are still coming in. People signing in. Um, orchestra members are warming up. You'll hear trumpets sounding off and trombones sliding and um, violins. And people are warming up uh, on the bars behind uh, the backstage You've area. you already
0: had company class. Company maybe, classes maybe already you Saw that going on when you came yeah, in. Yeah, the
1: curtain was was up at yeah. the moment. Um, so people, yeah, people have finished class. Uh, people are putting on their makeup and getting their wigs and makeup done uh, down in the uh, wig and makeup department, uh, in the basement. Uh, the crew's getting ready, the sweeping the stage. Um, everybody has a job. It's sort of quiet. It's, um, it's uh, the calm before the storm, I think, in a lot of ways. And it's, it's a meditation for a lot of people uh, and ritualistic how they get ready for performances. Um, it's very important to... Uh, I know ballerinas especially, I see, them. I see them sometimes hours before the show, just walking back and forth. They have their makeup on already, they have their wig done, and uh, yeah, they're preparing themselves. So it takes a long time, it takes a lot of work.
0: Can we take some questions now? Yes, ma'am. The question is, how do the best productions in Russia compare to the best productions in the United States?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, I guess it's the same sort of difference as um, with any other art form. Uh, the Russians, however, uh, this story comes from Russia, too, actually. Swan Lake was was created in Russia, and, um, of course, it was music by Tchaikovsky. But um, they are incredibly classical, the Russian school, is is very... Um, it's a Vaganova school <clears throat> and it is it's, it's pure classical ballet um, they are impeccably uh, organized and they work so hard on looking exactly the same having the same uh, lines, it's very very important um, so when you see a production you may see the exact same height of every girl it would be looking exactly the same same weight, same look um, and it's beautiful they, the way they, they, they do that um, here, I know, in particularly in San Francisco Ballet, uh, I'm not sure about everywhere else, but uh, we have uh, a group of of diverse uh, diverse artists who ha- share share the same technique, but they come from all over the world. So um, here we come together. Uh, Helgi uh, chooses, I think, some wonderful dancers, and um, come from all over the world. We share the same basic technique, but we hone it together in a very unusual and different way, I think. Um, you're going to see people who are different heights and um, and looks, but they come together in a more... Uh, in a special way that's different than just looking the same. They share the same heart, I think, which is... Um, which reads, I think, from the audience. So, so that would be one difference for sure.
0: <laughs> yes. Are there any restrictions on the performer's doing other more dangerous types of sports, particularly for somebody like you who enjoys all kinds of athletics. The question is, um, are there any restrictions on the dancers, like it's in their contract, that they're not allowed to do other sports because of the, the injury that might happen?
1: Right, well, this is funny, I was actually talking about my uh, recent retirement from skiing, so <laughs> it's funny, I, uh, yeah, it's not in our contract that we can't do certain things, however, I think people mostly, uh, respect their bodies, and try to not uh, do extreme sports (laughs) when possible. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think people in general, if they're doing active things, they maybe do hiking or uh, biking or swimming and just sort of casual stuff like that. But no skiing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another question. Yes, ma'am. In China... In China, did you perform some modern dances?
1: We did. Uh, it's very important to Helgi to bring mixed repertory uh, programming with us on tour, um, which can be to the chagrin of the presenters and the impresarios. Uh, where we go, uh, they want us to bring the story ballets, so, um, which is wonderful because a lot of companies do just mostly travel with us, with us full lengths. So, yeah, it's very important to Helgi. We bring them, uh, and we brought a full program, uh, two different programs? Uh, actually, just one mixed rep program to, with, with with us in China, and um, the way they were received was wonderfully. Um, I think they didn't know how to respond at first to some things. Uh, we didn't bring our our most avant garde pieces. We didn't bring an e- Eden Eden or a Double Evil or something like that. Uh, so, but yeah, I think they really liked it. Really liked it a lot. You don't hear it in their in their reaction audibly. They're not used to you know, clapping out of turn. But uh, the way that they, they received us afterwards and speaking to us, they really loved it. So,
0: We have a question over here. Uh,
1: she said, uh, what program do I like better? Nutcracker or Swan Lake, is that right? Well, um, I like them both equally, I think. <laughs> um, they're both wonderful. They're very different, too. Um, I think Nutcracker is a great, a great, uh, traditional event for the family in the, uh, in the holiday time. And, um, everybody knows the music to both stories. Um, I don't have a favorite. I can't pick one. What's yours? Hers is Nutcracker.
0: (laughs) Yes. One question. I'll expand on the young lady's question. Um, which type of ballets do you most enjoy dancing?
1: Well, I see all my colleagues are listening in their dressing rooms, so i got to be careful <laughs> with this. Um, I, pr- I prefer to dance um, things that are challenging for me. So, um, you know, I, I find my work ethic to be different depending on what I'm coming towards. I love dancing contemporary work. I really do. Um, I find that I can express myself more clearly and... Uh, and be really true to myself and just be myself in that work. Um, Because in in the classical, you're often trying to to find that uh, perfect technique and form, which is pretty difficult unless you have the exact uh, physicality for it. So um, I would say contemporary, but I do love dancing classical work uh, as well. And I am uh, looking forward to working on on that technique for the rest of my career. It's a lifelong (laughs) struggle.
0: What One last question How about over, over there After how many? Oh, where do you picture yourself after 20 years?
1: Uh, did you guys hear the half hour call there that was <laughs> That was Tiffany, one of our stage managers. Um, in 20 years, where do I see my career? Well Probably not dancing anymore. Um, But I would love to be a part of cultivating uh, new emerging artists and talent. Um, I'd love to be a part of an organization like San Francisco still, um, where I can uh, help uh, create the new generation of this beautiful art form. It's in my blood. It's going to be with me forever. And uh, so maybe helping run uh, a company I would love to do that I can't find you anymore oh.
0: I'd like to thank my guest Garen Scribner and thank you dear audience for joining us today and supporting San Francisco Ballet thank you Garen enjoy the show
1: thank you